Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All about the fabulous new album, Miss You Like Hell, which is now available on Ghostlight Records. Here is two-time Tony nominee, the one and only Miss Daphne Rubin Vega. <laughs> Hi, Daphne. Hi, Daphne. Do I do I applaud myself? No, too? <laughs> you deserve we will. to applaud yourself. Wow. Oh my you. God! Thanks for joining us today. It's my yeah. pleasure. I love to be objectified. <laughs> okay. Good. Yes, yes. It's so fun. It's Wait. a c- celebration of the wonderful Daphne Rubin Vega. Yeah. Okay, so where did you grow up? We're going to start right at the beginning. I grew up many places. Yeah. I, I was born in Panama, the Republic, mm-hmm. uh, not the city. Shout out to the city right now uh, in Florida. And, yeah. and yes. also my people. Um, yeah. But yeah, the uh, Panama is um, the country is where I was born. I mm-hmm. came to the United States when I was three. Um, yeah, there's a project down the road where I can be much more articulate about it because uh, oh, I, I went back and forth. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, I grew up in New York City at about nine. I started to live here. That's when you came to New York. Yeah, I went to, you know, I came to the United States at three. I went back to Panama at six, and then I came back and stayed in New York at nine. So that's the math. And not to be too personal, but were you with your family or with your parents or your mother this whole time? I was with wolves. Um, (laughs) No, I was with, my mom and dad had broken up, and... um, and so I came here the first time with my with my aunt and uncle. Wow. My uncle worked at the embassy, so it was very... Oh! Yes, so we uh, lived in Washington, D.C. Oh, shoot. And I went to a Catholic school oh. with a lot of people that didn't look like me, you know? So, like, then, then, then I went back, yeah. and then... So, you know, I mean, I grew up in New York City. By the time I got to New York City, it was like, I realized that I belong everywhere, but I yeah. don't... I don't either yeah. or I I'm from everywhere mm-hmm. I don't feel like I really belong anywhere in Panama already they were calling me gringa and really? here of really? course well yeah, yeah why do you guys time? look so incredulous this yeah. is a very common story we don't know this we haven't story. heard this Tell yet on our story. podcast and so we really appreciate it well I mean I don't mean it like uh, everybody I mean, has my particular no, story but yeah, no yeah, you're yeah. right though. I mean like musicals have been written about it I mean we've seen it It's we can go on the street and probably meet someone that maybe has a similar trajectory but it's well, nice to hear it here yeah you. I mean the reason I'm here and the reason you guys I think are so awesome is because you're talking about you know the 20 plus million bazillion infinity of varieties of ways that we get here yeah. exactly yeah. you know yeah. so so I grew up knowing very well that there's no wrong way to get here huh. yeah. um 
if Jimi Hendrix could learn how to play guitar by making one and pretending to play it backwards because he'd get spanked if he played it right because he was a lefty, right. then, you know, when you need to say something badly enough, I know somebody needs to hear it. That yeah. was the tenet from forever ago. And so, you know, the way you become an artist is you know, funny and <laughs> peculiar. And, um, and when you don't have, um, like, um, educational credits. I mean, I did go to NYU. I went to NYU for film school, yeah. not for acting. Yeah, okay. So I never really put that down. Yeah. And I had this really bad habit of not putting down accomplishments that I'd made because I wanted to always start over, do you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I always wanted to reset. Um, huh. So... I digress, but I grew up in New York City, and I grew up in Greenwich Village. I grew up in Hell's Kitchen, the first place that um, I came to stay with my mom one Christmas, and then I never went back mm. to Panama with my aunt and uncle. So it was not like a really decided thing. I just wanted to be with my mother. Yeah, which is of uh, course. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Did you know um, at a young age you wanted to be an artist? I mean, were you were you singing and being creative, or creating songs, or you know, I mean, all kids are creative, but... Yeah, I mean, I think I had a very strong fantasy life. There's a lot of, you know, breaking up and, um, dare I say, trauma, yes. you know, yes. um, in early life. And I think that when someone has early trauma, there's a need to recycle it in some positive form. Mm. And um, nobody likes to talk about that stuff. But now, since, you know... Rage has been unearthed in this most sort of positive way. Yes. I I find it like, oh, wow, it's an open window for me to talk about. Like, that's what it was. Yeah. It was this inability to articulate why, you know, when you look like other it's easy to identify that existentialist angst. Yeah. But when you don't look like other, it's called existentialist <laughs> angst. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, it's brilliant, so, yes. <clears throat> so I had this thing that I didn't know what it was, and I wanted to express it um, ever since I can remember. Whenever I saw other art, um, my mother used to take me to see these really just, you know, R-rated <laughs> bohemian shit when it was like, I was like, I had no idea what it was, but it intrigued <laughs> right. me to the so like Ingmar Bergman. Oh my God. I oh mean, my God. I remember seeing like, you know, the cineasta, what do you call it? The French new wave cinema, yeah. all that stuff. Like at the quad cinema, I grew up in the village, right? Yeah, so, yeah of course. So seeing stuff like Jodorowsky and El Topo, these things that like oh. children shouldn't really be seeing, um, or I wouldn't let my kids see. Right, Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah, I mean, fair, fair. And, but um, still left an impression on you, obviously. Well, it made me want to create. So there you go. It made me want to to express myself. So, yeah. um, so I didn't know how to start. My brothers um, played in bands. Mm. And I saw that girls used to come over and love to, like, I thought they were my friends, but they just wanted to go to the basement and watch them play. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to commandeer the mic so that they'd pay attention to me. So right. it's like, you know, there is no wrong way to learn how to express yourself. Yeah. Um, sometimes, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a. No, that's great. What, is, what did your mom do? She was a nurse. Yeah. Mm. She was a nurse in Panama, and yeah. then she had to learn how to, well, she didn't have to learn anything. She had to uh, study 
um, under American right. forces to get um, her degree here so that, you know, an American nursing degree is more legit, right? right. Like Even Americans aren't... skills. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they weren't going to recognize that. So, um, so she came and she became the head of... Um, yeah, the head of OBGYN at, NY, at oh. New York Hospital. Okay. Oh. Yeah, she was. She delivered hundreds of babies. How metaphoric is that? Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, so, um, and she died when I was really young, yeah. so, um, so I think that that rebellion, that need to express, that sort of shutting down and then opening up, yeah. and then, yeah. you know, they were, uh, yeah, it was just fertile ground to want to create. Definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And like I was going to say, whenever I'd see these movies and I see people acting in particular, I wanted to be the filmmaker. I wanted mm -hmm. to tell my story. Mm -hmm. But I realized I really didn't have the skills or resources. And when I went to film school, I was just so out of my bonker mind that... Um, I wasn't. I didn't have the discipline, but I. What I did absorb was, whenever I saw acting, I was like, I, I know that feeling. Mm. It wasn't like I can do that, mm. but it was like I know exactly what that germ <laughs> of emotion yeah. is, and so. So then you know, cut to being in a girl group. Yeah. <laughs> cut to you know reality being in a. Latino um, comedy, comedy yeah. group yeah. to the Labyrinth Theater Company, you know, and those things are born of like, you know, nobody's going to acknowledge you for what you do. You don't, you know, you're not this enough or that enough or, you know, people like you don't do those things. Mm. So you go to the coterie of friends and alliances and fellows where you have that. Right. Yeah. And so I was very fortunate to either um, to find it or to you know, help create it in yeah. certain mm -hmm. ways. Um, yeah, that's a that's a real lucky thing. Some yeah. people never get that chance. So, <laughs> you know, I'm fucking determined <laughs> yes. to to pass it on. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you finish film school? Did you get the degree and everything? Oh my god, that's so embarrassing. No, Rob. no. I am six credits shy of a degree. At NYU. I'm just putting that out there because one of these days my old ass is going to roll up into a bench and take a physics class with everybody and say, okay. Okay, I'm good. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, <sighs> can I be frank with you? I don't know what that piece of paper is going to do for me. It's it's like, it's, and I have some pieces of paper. Right. Um, I'm really conflicted about that. I would love to go and get some education. And, um, and when I really find, you know, maybe when my son is in college, I'll yeah. go to college uh -huh. too. <laughs> go with him. It's you know, love that. Yeah. yeah. yeah and then we'll make a reality show <laughs> exactly. out of it. And then we can make money. <laughs> you know? Then I can, like, you know, pummel, pummel you with my songs. Yeah, great. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's and, uh, and my creativity. That's what we want. That's what we want. Wait, now, how did this comedy troupe come about? <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, I had been in the girl group. I worked at Patricia Field. What's Patricia Field? Shout out to Patricia Field, Pat Field. She um, she styled all those Sex in the City girls. Oh. Just to give you a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Some context. Yeah, yeah. She, she is now a stylist, and I don't know if she's still a stylist, but she's an artist in her own right, and she... 
had a shop or two in New York called Patricia Field, the House of Field. Mm. One was on 8th Street between 5th and University, and I worked there. Um, <laughs> and I had the one of the most, you know, stunning times of my life working there and educational. I learned to put on makeup, you know. Mm. We called them drag queens at the time. Yes. But they were my, my mother figures. Yeah. Um, but I learned... You know, the clothes that Mimi wore came out of my closet that came out of Pat Field. Yeah. Really? So that's kind of what that was. So where was I? Um, uh, the, the girl, the, uh, the comedy group. The comedy yeah, group. so I was working at Pat Field, and I was like, oh, my God, this isn't going to work. Okay, I've done my bit, you know? I'm living off Marlboros and Fig Bars. <laughs> and um, But I'm learning how to do makeup. And... Uh, and so this, this guy named Angel Salazar called me, and he was like, we want you to sing Yo No Se, which was the song from Pajama Party. And um, the people from Pajama Party were like, if you sing that song, we'll sue you. And I oh was like, God. oh, my God, fuck this. Yeah. So I was like, you know, singing it anyway. And <laughs> they were being my backup dancers. And, um, and we made comedy. Like based on Latino experiences, you know, like you know, yeah, thing. like como se dice jumper cables, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. <clears throat> you know, like uh, vulgarity was a lot of fun. Um, Where would you perform? Caroline's, the Village oh, Gates. Yeah. Oh okay. my God! Fuck yes. oh, yeah! Could we not curse? No, nope. we can curse. This is El Bar- Barrio. El Barrio uh-huh. USA. USA. Okay. Um, yeah, we we performed at a lot of places. The comic strip. Yeah. So, uh, and that's when I got, you know, my beeper went off. And <laughs> beeper. Thank you. My beeper went off. It was purple. Uh, or was it blue? It was, I have a picture I'll show you. Okay. It'll <laughs> blow your mind. Um, the beeper went off and uh, it was to audition for Rent. And but were you I, auditioning? Because I read somewhere that musical theater wasn't exactly your go-to place of no, artistry. It, it at absolutely the time. wasn't. I, I did it anyway because because um, I had the you know the singing experience, mm. um, which is another story. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we could go on forever. I feel like no, it's good. we love it. It's um, <laughs> it's fascinating because it wasn't on your radar really to audition for a musical. It so. feels like you know I, the. the I've told this story so many times. It was sort of like on a dare because my dad was very into opera. And I thought that a redux of La Boheme would would really blow his mind. And, and, you know, I would get some sort of, like, renegade approval. Yes. You know, like, Mimi, Mimi's a, you know, yeah. Your version of it. My version of it on my terms. And it was a rock opera. It wasn't, you know... The audition wasn't for a musical; it was for a rock opera. Okay, let's it said just that get on that straight. Okay, yeah, yeah. It said rock opera, and I that was very intimidating. But rock, it was like, okay, I can do that. Yeah. Um, and so when I saw a lot of musical theater people in the room, um, as opposed to other times when it was very clear, like, oh my god. You know, and I had also gone through a slew of like, thank you, but no, thank you, but no, thank you, no, 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 no. So you get to a point, and if, you know, for all of y'all out there, you mm-hmm. know what this is, mm-hmm. where it's like, I, I'm just going to give me. Yeah. And full on, I have nothing to lose, hmm. you know? I have yeah. nothing to lose but to give you full me. Because um, if you like it, you like it, and exactly. if you don't, 
That's cool too. Yeah. Like I know, I know the answer already. Yeah, I've been you there. know, you yeah. can't have this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is a lot for you. Yeah. And they really um, responded. I came back a million times because. What was the song you sang? Uh, <clears throat> Roxanne. <Yeah. laughs> Roxanne by the Police. I just did um, a benefit, not a benefit, um, the Jonathan Larson Project yeah, at Fifty Four yeah, Below. Jen Tepper, yeah. And. Um, I sang a song that was Jonathan's sort of version of a police 80s song. Um, huh. You know, there are so many things that he did, like he could do anything. So, um, and I mean that seriously. If he could have, he could have attacked anything with yeah. political satire, you know, even his version of hip hop was, yeah. you know, adorable right. and, 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 you know, Original. Articulate. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, you know. Um, what was it like being in a room with him? You know, it was awesome. I remember um, because I had this record career prior, yeah. I wanted to write with him. And I remember, you know, attempting to write songs with him and sort of digressing into listening to stuff or trying to um, cover some of those songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we never actually wrote anything together, but uh, I didn't know anybody like Jonathan. Um, and he was just the most... Uh, he, he was like a walking lexicon of musical theater, and he was the coolest nerd... You know, he yeah. was the coolest nerd. Um, his sort of singularity of of purpose. Yeah. You know, like his whole li- and and that was a true. You know, that was a, that was what an artist was. Mm-hmm. He f- from the marrow. Um, you know, he worked at the da- at the diner and he wore Converse and. Um, his car had rust stains and the Gumby. There was a Gumby on the dashboard. <laughs> I, I, I wrote a song about the Gumby on his dashboard. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's one of those, like, you know, glove compartments that you have to, like, hit yep. four times and roll down the window. You know, it was another time. Yeah. And he, uh, so what was it like to be in the room with that person? Uh, it's a person that didn't give a... F- about material things, he knew that, um, he, yeah, it, it's, it's eerie to think like he was really on a mission to, to, to have a say in the world. Yeah. Um, so he accomplished that. That's for sure. You yeah. know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling. And sometimes, you know, my crazy goes to, um, not being able to understand how that happens in the yeah. universe. Um, and that the success of that 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 my success is um, or and uh, or whatever I don't know what yeah I no say. no yeah. and or lack of is because it's been like just dis- diminished or dismissed as some sort of you know negative phenomenon right. that you know this dude wrote this thing and then he died right and right, so right. everybody wants to look at the crash you know um and and it's very very brave to talk about love 
you know. Yeah. I mean, and talk about love in a way in a way that doesn't make you want to cover your loins, you know, and like yep. recoil and yes. embarrassment no, and but um, real love. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to be like real, real, you know. I mean, I guess the Beatles hit that zeitgeist, and Jonathan definitely hit that zeitgeist because I was there. Um, but I don't think I, I I'm I'm not the one to be able to um, to analyze sure. that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, how did, speaking of analyzing, how did Rent? evolve over the workshop process? Because you were with it from the very beginning, weren't you? I mean, did it change a lot? Did the tone of it change? Or was it like, we nailed it right from the very beginning, which I don't I have a feeling it wasn't. Oh, no, it, it, it wasn't nailed at the end. When Jonathan died, it still wasn't nailed. Okay. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, mm-hmm. um, it still wasn't nailed. It just was finished, and we wanted to honor his... Uh, We didn't want to change it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. by we, I mean the, the creative. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the yeah, creatives yeah. wanted to honor what he did. I mean, I'm sure that. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think that that kind of informed this. This sort of it was a very MTV kind of mm-hmm. non not linear in the traditional way. Yeah. Um, although. He was a devotee of Sondheim, so yeah. he knew how to... Right, he knew the craft. He knew the craft. Uh, were you aware you were in a big old hit? Uh, I mean, at what point were you like, oh, shit, this is like taking off on a life of, of its own? You All of a sudden, you're in a, a, well, the, I, a commercial off-Broadway piece, you know, <laughs> on yeah, Broadway. Just, you know, I didn't know anything. I knew <laughs> at the first, the first workshop that I did before the workshop that went to Broadway, I knew that this was like the best experience I'd ever had. Cool. And that, like, you know, I wasn't into musical theater, but I, this was talking to me, man, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, my peeps. This yeah. was totally more than just acting. It was representing, and, you know, it was good. Um, it was a political piece. Um, Is, so, Are you drawn to more, more political pieces, or are you drawn to pieces that have something to say? Like, Miss You Like Hell, how did you get involved with that? Um, I knew Kiara... From around the way, I think I auditioned for Water by the Spoonful, um, and uh, which was her first Pulitzer yeah. mm-hmm. winning piece um, after In the Heights. Um, but I think that's where we officially met. And um, my dear friend Liza Colonzeas, like that was her role. So. Um, but I loved I loved Kiara's writing, and as a writer myself, I really just cathected onto her and used like Kiara is a mentor to more people than she can yeah. possibly know. You know, <laughs> thank you Paula Vogel for being her mentor. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, women standing on women's shoulders, and I uh, I would Skype with Kiara and talk to her about my writing, which was very mother centric. You know, mm. um, we have big mommy issues, and um, and I really need needed to to talk about that so I consulted her and I think we bonded a lot through that um and she asked me to work on this workshop and the moment I saw this piece and read the piece and sang the piece 
I was in like all in. I was full on in. Huh. Um, and and for our listeners who don't know the piece, in a nutshell, like what is the story? If you can articulate it in a, in a small amount of time. This is where I need my light line in it. Um, no, well, no, no. it's a story about a mother and daughter, yeah. and they're, it's, it, it, it's over the course of a week that they travel across the United States from Philly to California um, that week before um, my, the mother, uh, uh, my mother, my, <laughs> I play Beatriz, who's an undocumented Mexican uh uh, American, mm-hmm. and um, and my daughter is uh, estranged from me. She lives with her father, who um, is is a straight white male, and the visitation rights. Anyway, she hasn't seen me in a long time, so she gets on this car, and we drive the week before. Um, ostensibly, I get deported. Wow. You know, you don't know that, but of course. Um, yeah, that was kind of it. at certain junctures in the uh, process of creating. It was, it wasn't sure. Do I stay? Do I go? This started in 2014. Okay. Welcome to New York yeah. City. <laughs> oh yeah, we we get, we get sirens. We get. That's good. It's fine. Next door. You'll have, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll hear some Meisner repetition going on next door. Um, no, you're an asshole. No, really. You're no. Yes. Yeah, right <laughs> before you came, they were like, "Give me the glove. Give me the glove. Give, Give me the glove." <laughs> I mean, it was like, wow. The so, things we do. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So in 2014. So in 2014, they endeavored to undertake this task. Kiara Alegria Hudis and Erin McKeown, um, who is um, a rock, rocker in her own right, um, collaborated on uh, writing book and lyrics and for Miss You Like How, which mm-hmm. was a story about, you know, um, undocumented uh uh, American, um, what do you call them? Americans. Yeah. yeah. Undocumented citizens or not citizens, um, people. Yeah. Yeah. Humans. Yeah, humans. Um, <laughs> human beings. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. I'm like, yeah. So, um, and also at that time, it was a gay marriage issue too. So, across ac- on our in our journey, we come across um, a gay couple, two elderly white men from the South oh. who are making um, stops in every state and getting married in every state. Oh. Oh. So that was part of the creation. And then we meet other people along the way. Um, we meet a, a Peruvian tamal vendor. Um, who helps us along the way. We meet an African-American, a Buffalo soldier uh, from Yellowstone who who tells us about the the history of the Buffalo soldiers Mm -hmm. um, who were, you know, African-Americans who came to take, who who actually shepherded Yosemite, uh, Yellowstone, Yellowstone. I'm sorry. Um, wow. Yeah, in the 1800s, like lore that we don't know about. Yeah. So by the time we get to California, we have this full story in a sort of Americana panorama. Yeah. And so the songs are inspired by, you know, switching the radio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I absolutely love about... And so, yeah, 
so that's that's how it started in 2014 and right. how to how to make that happen. And you know, at first we had Emily Skaggs uh, was my daughter, and that that chemistry, that combination was so fantastic. It was fire, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just the visual of like me having this. A daughter that looked like Emily. Right. Yeah. Do you know? Like it. It made the story pop in such a way. And um, and then we did another workshop of it uh, at set in in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. La Jolla was a great supporter. Um, love La Jolla. Yeah. Um, with um, Effie Artema, who mm. was an amazing, another amazing yeah, life. Yeah. And that's when, you know, the snowball started to roll. Um, so then when we did a workshop in earnest again in San Diego, Cristina Alabado was my daughter, who is, you know, also of mixed, yeah. of mixed uh, b- background. Um, and then when we came back to New York, it was Giselle Jimenez, okay. you know, who I think just visually looked more like me than all of the <laughs> right. above. Right. Um, and and so, you know, the piece changes as as we change. Mm-hmm. Although um, the truth is is the same. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. We had the cast um, album release party Monday night. It was a blast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a laden piece, and it was so healing to be back in the room with so many people. Giselle tragically couldn't be there, mm-hmm. you know, as couldn't Marinda and and DP Kelly and um, you know Martin. A lot of people couldn't be there but it turned into like a cast karaoke (laughs) where other others of us were singing other people's songs oh i love it and so i'm saying that to say that the um the experience of seeing other people sing these songs um opens up a sort of mechanism of empathy Mm -hmm. and being able to relate to someone else's situation that is um it's sort of priceless to experience. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm saying that to say that that now we have that the the compact disc, and we have you know we have the music, and yeah. you're able to listen to it. And even though you know most people have not even seen the production that right. that was recorded, you know the. The play between the ears. I can have the experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm. I cannot wait to listen to it now because I, I. I did not get to see it, but now I get to have that shared experience yeah. by listening to it, and that's yeah. why we love cast albums yeah. or albums. Um, Let me ask you: You studied at the William Esper Studio, correct? <laughs> yes. Yeah. When did you study there? Oh, my like goodness. in your teenage years, or after you had done Rent, or in my early twenties. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you: Like going back to before Rent. Okay, before Rent. Okay. Before Rent. So how do you approach a character? Like for, like, for example, you're going to do Miss You Like Hell. You know who you're playing. Mm-hmm. What, do you have a process? Like, do you sit down and do, <laughs> a, do all the analyzation stuff? Or do you like to be in the room and just see what happens? Is there a process for you? I'm going to say yes, there's a process. Yeah. Um, and, uh, wow, the process is, it really starts in the room, like reading it out loud. Mm-hmm. If it's a musical, you know, learning the songs down. Um, I mean, it really depends on the project. Yeah. Um, I just started uh, 
you know, something that might turn into a project. And I don't read music. I mean, I like totally have a, I mean, I read it really badly. (laughs) Um, I I write music, but I play it really badly Mm -hmm. so that, you know, you, fabulous player, can play. Um, Yeah, I, uh, so I learn, I learn songs and I, I learn, I don't learn the script. I'll do a reading and sort of get a bead on my character. I love originating roles because, um, because I know that no matter how, like, well, Streetcar, you know, Stella, my Stella, my nurse in... Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Like, you know, they have to start from whatever my truth is, you know? It sounds so cliche no, right it now. Doesn't. No, you know, the truth it is. That is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, no, it's like, all about it's the truth. Like, how do you find the truth? And it's like, mm, that's yeah, an let go I mean, of like, the bullshit and you'll yeah. find the truth. That's kind of how you do it. So, yeah, yeah. And and the shooting on ourselves. You know, we should yeah. as actors. And I think that the, um, you know, Bill gave me, gave me a hard time sometimes because... He felt like he had to reel me in, you Esper. know. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, Bill Esper. Hey, Bill, um, yeah. thank you for your service. He had to rein you in. Well, yeah, I think you know it was like you, you need to be here when you hear when you're here. Yeah. Um, like, don't go try to be making you know getting work when you don't have a craft. Train, yeah. yeah. You know, get your training first and. And I'd be like, I really can't go because I have to do this toy fair. It wasn't even acting. It was like sort of standing around in heels and like pointing and saying, see, gracias, this way, translating. Um, But I needed to make money, you know. Um, I needed to hustle. So I remember, uh, and you know what? He never never, uh, argued, protested too much. Mm -hmm. Um, I did did finish off with with Bill. Oh, good. Um, Um, but approaching a character, I think it's listening to the words and meaning what you say. Yeah. Um, you know, mean what you say, say what you mean, mean what you say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's a good beginning. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What do you look for out of a director? What's like the ideal Daphne director collaboration like? Well, I, the director must respect me <laughs> and my opinions. Amen. Yeah. They, they must not try to be dismissive. Um, even when I don't understand that if they have a 
bigger vision, mm-hmm. then I mean, I'm I'm amenable to a bigger vision. You're the director, I'm not. I'm yeah. an actor, and I'm I'm willing to do whatever you want. I'm really game. I love to work with with directors who love actors. Um, Phil. Phil Hoffman, yeah. Yeah. the best. I mean, you know, there's other wonderful directors. I've, I've been very, 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 very lucky. But, you know, I think of him because he was an actor as well. Right. And, like, as an actor, he was very brutal to himself. But as a director, he was so loving because he knew the actors get in the side, you know, really? the bad neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a mad ghetto up there when you're judging and shooting and thinking, yeah. like, what other people think. So... He was very helpful with that. That was Jack Goes Boating? That yes. He um, and he was a part of the Labyrinth Theater Company? Yes, as he well? was. Yeah. Um, um, and you started out with them? I mean, were you, you took class with them, or didn't they help you out in the beginning? At the beginning, Labyrinth them? Theater Company was, um, you know, it, it's called the Labyrinth because it was the lab at Intar. Intar was a Latino-based theater company, and these... You know, we kind of like were were a splinter off of Intar, mm-hmm. but we couldn't use the name, mm-hmm. um, of course. And so, and so we we were like an Intar lab okay. because it was where people, um, you know, others, <laughs> the others could could get together. And you know, at first it was very Latino centric. You know, then it was you know black and Latino, and um, you know, it was never you know it was like. There were blacks and Jews, everybody, yeah, everybody. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, David Deblinger was there from the beginning, and he wasn't a Latino, you know. Yeah. I mean, we were, yeah, we were just the others. When, when did it start? Was there an official? I started at 1992, 93 oh, okay. was when I started. In, but, yeah, it was, it was in the early 90s yeah. when we would, uh, you know, have the key to the upstairs right. of an of a of a place where you turned on the light and you know maybe there were rats um, yeah. but we were in there with the heater in the cold and we would get in there and do like taming of the shrew seriously <laughs> yes yes very seriously Look at it that. it started because um, you know it's not really my story to tell and I should I should know it better but you know. Um, John Ortiz uh, and Paul Calderon, um, Gary Perez, um, and others were, um, I think they were into to audition. Death and the Maiden was happening, and, um, and they, they weren't cast in it because of the way they looked. Mm. So they were like, you know, and, and it was like, I think that that was just the final straw. It wasn't the first one. You know, this this last straw kind of thing happened and they were like, you know what, we're going to make a space where we can conjure ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so they they created that space yeah. and some of us came running. Yeah. I mean, it really was like an after-school program where it was <laughs> safe and you could, you could actually get to do... Um, classics that you learned in school or when you were well trained that you were prohibited from doing in the real world because you you know because of of race um so yeah so that's just to give you know anybody who's listening somebody a backstory of what all this back you know backsplash is and like why it's so important to acknowledge diversity um that's why Mm -hmm. because so many things are denied you for so long that you're like, you know, fuck this. Let me create my space. Do myself. Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. um, 
And so there's always a messy interim period. <laughs> like in a perfect world, we wouldn't even have yeah. this conversation. Exactly. Exactly. You're exactly right. But it's not a perfect world, no. is it? Do you no. think it's getting better or no, the idea of diversity in the arts? I think that just like when you ask me, what was it like being in Rent? Mm. I can't answer that really because I'm I was so busy being in it yeah. <laughs> and like <laughs> when you're it. in the yeah. eye of a storm yeah. when you're in the trenches you, you having an objective you know yeah. Yeah. it's like to self reflect um can can be sort of not really the real yeah. thing yeah. you know yeah. your perceptions are shifted yeah. um so my perception is like everything f- is fucked right now. Yeah. Um, and it's very uncomfortable. It's excruciatingly painful. And it makes me want to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to say, look, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down in flames. Oh, I understand why why it's called a witch hunt. Who got burnt? Who was the witch? Usually it was female. Yep. And... and can I just use the word faggot for a minute? Yeah. I mean, that word is a f- burning ember. That's what that word means. And so people that um, expressed themselves, whether apologetically or not, particularly if they were unapologetic, yeah. they would turn into witches and burning embers. Yeah. And so, so, you know... If if it is the time for chickens to come home to roost and for the fire and brimstone, like, I didn't make up fire and brimstone. Do you know? I don't, you know, but, like, what you see comes back to you. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of fire and brimstone coming. And, like, you know, people don't want to come. Like, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to make you lose. If I can't have you, no one can, yeah. you know? And I'm going to take you out with me. Yeah. That's what's happening, yeah. that, like... You know the hege- the hegemony out mm-hmm. there, the hegemonic structure, mm-hmm. is um, toppling, and it's going to take us down with it. And but you know what? We were supposed to be dead a long time ago. <laughs> True. So True. here we are. So it's hit us yeah. now. You you hinted. Oh my at God! The- was I just preaching? No, it was good. This I'm so good- sorry. <laughs> what are you sorry <laughs> for? We no, love preaching. No, it's uh, good. That's exactly what we want. <laughs> You're an artist. You have a story to tell. We want to hear your story. This is never. This is never preaching. Mm. I don't think it's preaching. But we live in a capitalist world. Yes. And I remember. <laughs> I mean, I'm. There's this. There's this uh, phrase called "Don't bite the hand that feeds you." Right. Yep. So that that one always comes up, you know, like we are in theater. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm very, very happy to be um, on the Tony nominating committee because oh. I get to see how the sausage is made, you know, yeah. and I get to oh. really um, see how much effort and money and effort and love and craft and artistry people and put into money. and money <laughs> people put into um their work yeah. yeah and a lot of it needs to be saved for publicity <laughs> yes 
Most of it, actually. Most of it needs to be safe for publicity. Yeah. Actually, that's why I'm here. I'm here to promote a record that I'm, and, and some music that, like, means so much to me. And, yeah. and we digress, but, like, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it was heartbreaking to see this story be sort of uh, relegated to a bin of a, of a, you know, a Latin story or, you know, a, a niche kind of piece. Huh. Um, was it? I mean, it, it, was that the sense? That, that was that, my that, sense. Really? Yeah, my sense was that um, as, as, the, as the wind was getting under the kite, mm-hmm. um, there was a count, like suddenly, su- suddenly there was no wind. And everyone's like, wow. There was no wind. There was no air. Huh. There was... Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think that Kiara spoke about it beautifully and, um, but we all have our different experiences of, you know, it is an actor too. Like, doesn't it suck? Like after a show closes and like, there's like that, that hangover decompression come down. I mean, you know, what we do is mood and mind altering. Uh, and so, let alone the tribe you create with the people that you yes. create that art with, and you have been working on it for for years, you know. Yeah. So y- that's a tribe of people. Yes, yes. You have different actresses play your daughter and all of that, but that's still a tribe. Yes, that. yes. And you're right. The hangover. When I called over. it my soul tribe. Yeah. Because you know we're yeah we were we and we still remain a soul tribe no matter where we are. Yeah. Um, and I feel that way with a lot of people that I've worked with. But, yeah, Miss You Like Hell galvanized that yeah. really, really tight. Do you, do you think a story like Miss You Like Hell could be on Broadway today? Is there... Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you kidding? I like that. Yes. I think so. I mean, you know, the venue would have to be very, you know... The, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it would need... It, but it wouldn't need anything, but yes... I think it would need a smaller house. It's not a big house yeah. show. It is not a big house show. Yeah. It's a small house show, but uh, but yes. I hope it'll come back at some point. But you don't, oh, you know. it'll be back. Good. I mean, I don't. That's what I like. Yeah, Good. it'll okay. be back. Good. And once again, for our listeners, uh, you can download it now on iTunes. Oh, good. Yeah, it's available. It came out October 5th. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and on the 17th of November, we will have vinyl in stores. Yes. Lots yes, of vinyl all the kids, that all the kids table. love vinyl. I yeah. love two turntables and a microphone. <laughs> okay, this will be wiki wiki wiki. You hinted that you might be working on an upcoming project pretty soon. Do you, do you talk about things that you're working on, or is that just for you? I'm interested to know what the theme. I talk about idea. everything. Okay. <laughs> I talk about everything. I want to know what it's about. It's. Uh, the Horror of Dolores Roach on Gimlet Media. Uh, it comes out on the 17th. Oh, yeah. uh, it comes out next week. Okay. Oh, actually. wow. Okay, great. Is it a podcast? It's, it's a podcast. Yeah, Gimlet does great, great stuff. I love their... Indeed. They did, the, they did the magic show a couple years ago. Really, Indeed. Really yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So Aaron Mark, um, who had written and directed this piece for me called Empanada Loca at the Labyrinth Theater yes, Company. Uh-huh. Um, a couple of years ago uh, with Mimi O'Donnell as artistic director at the time of Labyrinth 
we did this solo show, which was um, a New York redux on Sweeney Todd. I'll just put it there. Yeah. That's just a broad stroke, um, you know, yeah, Grand yeah. Guignol style story. Okay. So um, we loved it. I love this story. I love I love Aaron and um, and Mimi. And when Mimi started working at Gimlet, she she called us over. So we've turned this eighty six minute solo show into an eight series um, podcast with Bobby Cannavale, Abigail Spencer, David Zayas, who is a lab member. Love David Zayas. John Douglas Thompson. Oh. Yes. Keita Updike, Giselle Jimenez, who played my daughter in Miss You Like Uh Hell. uh It's all, you know, people that we love. Michael Yuri, Richard Kind, Margaret Effing Cho. Oh. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth Rodriguez from The Labyrinth, Noah Robbins, Vanessa Williams, and Lilius White. Oh. This is epic. Isn't this it? is going to be epic. I am so proud of this. I'm so happy that you. it's happening. Yeah, it's happening. So, um, so yeah, that's happening as well. Um, and so, this is a big week uh, with endings and beginnings, but, you know, it's beginnings and beginnings, because Miss You Like Hal is, uh, is something that, you know, I will always have. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I feel like I want to direct it one day. Well, this yeah, is like the third time you've mentioned directing, and, and the first time was when you were like, you were like, had visions in your teens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so oh, no, are I you was directing? 12 years old. I was, well... Um, How can we I'm, get you to direct? <laughs> well, I'm writing first, yeah, you okay. know? Yeah. Um, Actually, I went to Panama and um, and was like, if I brought Rent to Panama and directed it, and oh people were like, oh my God, that's amazing, and then there was a kibosh on it. Like, my people aren't ready for okay. it, you know. Okay. It would be, you know, yes. Uh, yeah, um, one of these days, before I die, I think. Good. Um, but, yeah, Miss You Like How would be something that I would love to... It's just, it's so in my mind, yeah. you know, yeah. oh, it's so yeah. in my mind. But um, now we're talking about lots of different. It's great. <laughs> we, no, love we love it because it's, it's as much about the show as it's about you as well. And we're yeah. happy to hear all about it. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I, I, I start working on my pieces and then I get distracted with these other pieces that help, you know, inform my craft or right. discipline in some way and your yeah. creativity yeah, yeah for sure yeah. and you're and you, and on top of all this you have uh, your pop music career and you yes. write your songs and you've got you've had you've had billboard hits in the 90s and you've been like well yeah. that brings me to the frequently unanswered questions oh yes the frequently unanswered questions is my series of of stories and songs my mm-hmm. you know autobiographical yes. laugh riot about death with mm-hmm. songs etc yeah um, so that's kind of where all that goes, mm-hmm. the story about my life and my, you That's know, where you channel it. My, yeah, raising music. the dead, because yeah. the dead raising me. Redemption you know. song, yes. 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 Yeah. Earlier on you said, we were talking about mentors. Who was your mentor? Who did you have as mentors? I'm sure you had lots of people, but... Full disclosure, I mean, what is a mentor? Somebody that, that guided me, um, yeah. 
I don't feel very that I was really guided educationally, other than like by the records I listened to and the artists that I Th- loved. That so. counts. I think that totally counts. Okay, so if that counts, I would have to say honestly from the beginning. Um, you know, Cat Stevens, Joni Mitchell, Led Zeppelin. Yes. Yeah. I was listening to Yes. And it's like, oh, my God. That's like uh, how they brought, like, <laughs> classical music into, like, rock. Right. Um, was just really just so peculiar and inspiring to me. Um, you know, the Chai Lights. uh just like down home house music, Isley Brothers, Earth, Wind and Fire, Stevie Wonder, mm. you know, Nina Simone. Uh, did I say David Bowie? And so I'm saying all these things because Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. Um, because who I wanted to be like did not look like me. Yeah. Um, Actors like Gene Hackman, Dustin Hoffman at the time, like he did like Rain Man, Marathon Man and Little Big Man. And I was like all the movies like he's so freaking versatile and like he's not he's not even like he's cute, but he's not like, you know, I don't want to like bang him or anything, but I want to be I want to I want to express that way. Like he had that identifiability that I could relate to mm-hmm. like he was vulnerable yeah um, I I didn't see that in females that looked like me and I didn't see roles that females played and you know with all due love and love towards Meryl Streep it was like her characters were not ever going to be played by me um, so it was these white dudes like Mick Jagger, uh, who had swagger and could like piss anywhere, yeah, right. and you know have this privilege. I wanted to. I didn't know that I, you know that that yearning for the privileges yeah. that I didn't have um, to be able to express myself without being shut down. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, so what does that make? That makes like a a, a loud, obnoxious kid. As long as there's that outlet for creativity, and, and, and you know, you can really channel it somewhere. Yeah, and you did. Yeah, I mean, you I, did it everywhere. I, I mean, was you're lucky, like, you're man. You're creating songs. You're acting. Yeah, you know, I mean, like. So mentors, everywhere. my mentors were like, you know, the unnamed, the people, the anonymous. Yeah, right. the anonymous. Yeah. Were uh, were the ones who actually saved my life and helped me to um, to care for myself yeah. more than um, more than anything, mm-hmm. so that I could be available to do right. yeah. stuff. Yeah. Did you feel that after you were in Rent that that opened up more doors for you to express yourself? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was nobody before Rent. You know, I um. Even you know, I was I was maybe a marginal someone in, in the underground club scene and in the freestyle scene. You know, it's talking about freestyle music that was so like, like. Well, to this day, I d- declare that that was not music. That was unmusic. You know, and it's like, well, it was music to me and yeah. a lot of people. Like we we got to express ourselves because we had little beatboxes in the basement and yeah. we press records and we played records and people listened to them and we danced. Um, 
So nice. that was music. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. What was I saying? <laughs> oh, no, I was just <laughs> how, how uh, rent changed. You opened so, up doors. So, you know? yeah, I have to say, um, okay, um, we'll, I don't know how much time we have. <laughs> We're good. But um, we uh, rented open doors uh, in, like, unequivocally. Um, so much so that I started getting a little paranoid because, you know, nobody ever paid attention to me. You know, there's nothing more kind of insulting also, uh, just cautionary out there than someone saying, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Like being like very rude or dismissive to you and then coming back and saying, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I didn't know who you were. Classic. Yes. Like, don't do that, people. If you feel that, just don't ever do that. Um, or do it, and then we will. You'll have outed yourself, um, but <laughs> and we'll know. At least we'll know. We'll, we'll, we'll know. know. Actually, we'll yeah, know. yeah. I, I we'll redact before, that though. statement. There's nothing more offensive. Well, there there no, are many right. more things more offensive, but it's kind of offensive. Um, but it's like, oh, I didn't know it was th- that it was you that did that role that you know. And I would have been nicer to yeah, you. Yeah, if I had known. Yeah, I would have been like, nicer to yeah. you. Why don't you be nice to me from the beginning? Like, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that it depends. Yeah, this. So yeah, so um, so rent introduced a thing called status and privilege yeah. to me, yeah. um, like you know, getting you know getting free shit, you know, swag. Yeah. That's what right. we call swag, and you know the illusion <laughs> that now I'm in a in another echelon um, can be can be quite disturbing. Yes. Um, How do you keep yourself mentally healthy when when everyone... You can't. (laughs) You can't, Rob. You can't. Um, You just keep trying, you know? I mean... You get what you focus on, right? And sometimes, yeah. from some of the, I can't stop focusing on something that I don't want to focus on. But, uh, yeah. you know, breathe in, breathe out, and, like, um, yeah, keep breathing in and breathing out. Yeah. I w- <laughs> can I ask you about Anna in the Tropics? Yes. Which is, I, have you ever seen it? No. I loved it oh, so much. Oh, what a lovely. How did that come into your orbit? How did that? How did you get involved with that? Were you involved since the beginning? Were you doing readings? Well, I knew Nilo Cruz, and um, from, no, I hadn't met Emily yet, I don't believe. Um, yeah, I, when I auditioned for her, that was the first time we met. Emily Mann, um, the Emily director. Mann, mm-hmm. the director. Yeah. Um, but I had I had met Nilo before because I had done Two Sisters and a Piano at the Public Theater, mm-hmm. directed by Loretta Greco, mm-hmm. um, maybe a couple of years prior. Yeah. So uh, that's how I knew Nilo. And um, I remember like watching the ticker go by on TV saying that Nilo won the Pulitzer mm-hmm. um, for Anna in the Tropics. And just literally jumping up it up for my like I just rose from my because he was the first Latino to ever win yes. a Pulitzer. Yeah, yeah. It was like oh my god the presence you know. So yeah. these were big inroads at the time. What was it two thousand? Yeah, and yeah, two or three. Um, so when um, they were casting it at the McCarter and they wanted to do a production, um, I was asked to audition and. 
um, yeah, I, I had a wonderful experience doing that piece. What's Emily Mann like as a director? Wow. She is, Emily Mann is a spectacular human being. Like I said, I'm very lucky to work with some peerless people and, um, you know, a very dignified, intellectual woman who um, has wonderful taste and and wonderful respect for, you know, the people in the room and the bodies in the room. Mm -hmm. Every rehearsal, I mean, the best... The best space was created for us to work and play together. We would do yoga in the morning, <laughs> and then we would rehearse. Amazing, that's great. And we would do table work. I mean, there was like, nothing is going to um, ruffle up this process. Like, everyone gets heard. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful experience working with her. That's wonderful. I also worked with her on Streetcar, um, which was not... Not the same, but it was it was not dissimilar in that in that form. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's a genius. Yeah. An absolute, yeah. absolute yes, genius. she is. But I don't need to tell you that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I am. And yes, you know, and it's nice to have geniuses in good people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean that sounds so. <laughs> no, no, you're right. No, because sometimes there's great people, but. Are they as creative? But when they're really creative and genius, and they're nice people on top of it all, it's yeah. Sometimes when when we're like wrapped up in our own ego genius, we forget to you know um, you know it doesn't make us bad people, but it makes us assholes. Sometimes. And so you yeah. know, like yeah. these people were like totally um, available. <laughs> yeah, especially at such a you know Broadway level too. I mean, there's like a, a lot of pressure there too. I mean, a lot of money and a lot of. But when you can have that creativity in the room and and it's a safe environment, I think that's a win-win. Yeah, we're all lucky. Yeah, I want. I just want to ask really quickly. You did Les Mis on yes. Broadway. Did you guys do it together? I, yeah. We were talking before. I I think I missed her by like just a couple weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I was there for all. I was there all the time because my my fiance at the time was Cosette and so we yes. socialized oh. a bit but this okay. is 10 years ago I mean, okay. it was a while she ago. was my daughter yes yeah. that's right my beautiful daughter yeah. um, did you like going into Les Mis? <laughs> it was an experience <laughs> yeah I liked going in coming out yeah. was uh, another thing Yeah, you were a class act uh, the entire time. Thank you. I don't know how much we can go into the circumstances of what it was like and how much you want to talk about, but you, the, the, the nicest woman in the theater, you never missed a show. I never missed a show. <laughs> you, you didn't. I mean, you were, it was, did, you, yeah. Did you know, I? Yeah. I mean, we can edit that. Did they give you a hard time? Who's they? Um, no, no, I, I, um, okay, this is what had happened. I was releasing an album at the very same time. Redemption? Was that? It was yeah, Redemption, Redemption Songs. songs. Yeah. And so on my first day off, I was releasing the album. Yeah. So at the cutting room. And, um, and I don't know why it was a bad idea to invite everyone, um, the creatives. And, uh, and then I was informed that it was a really bad idea to do that on my day off, um, and then it turned into a thing, um, and and I did it anyway, and and it made people mad, but they got over it, and we all got over it. But it wasn't after a fair bit of shaming. 
<laughs> you know? So it was like, Stupid. yeah, I, I was called out for, for stuff that, I don't know. Anyway, it's all good. Yeah, okay. No, it's water under the bridge. It's totally yeah. water okay. under the bridge. But it's really a wonderful experience to walk into your dressing room and see your understudy's costume, like, in front of your dressing room door. Like, you better straighten up and... F- I would have, yeah. Uh, Congratulations on ruining the, my favorite role in, the, in, the, in, uh, in musical theater. I think that some people just didn't want to hear Daphne do Fontaine. Yeah. And so that's... Well, fuck them. And yet Excuse it was me. brilliant, Thank Daphne. You. It, it was. was. Yes, it was. I <laughs> loved it. I loved it. Thank you. Truly. Thank you. Yeah. And we love you. And yeah. thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for this having is really me. Special. You are so wonderful and such an inspiration to so many. So yeah. thank you for sitting down with us. It's my pleasure. Good. It was our pleasure too. Tell Miss like, You Like Hell, the original cast recording, you guys. Check it out. I'm going to listen to it. I can't wait. It's on Ghostlight Records. You can get it now on iTunes on October. It was out since October, October 5th. 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's going to be available in vi- on vinyl? In vinyl? Yeah. On vinyl. On CDs, on vinyl. On uh, November, it'll be a there'll be hard copies that yes. you can buy on November seventeenth. Buy the hard copy so you can. This booklet is the amazing. Day before my birthday. Aw, happy birthday! <laughs> the best present Daphne can get this year is you buying. <laughs> Miss You Like Hell. It really is a special <laughs> show. It really was special. Thank you so much. I hope you'll join us again sometime. Thank you, Absolutely. Daphne. Amazing. Thank you. Till next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Stars in your multitude, scarce to be counted, filling our iTunes. They're not scarce to be counted, actually, Rob. Uh, no, that is correct. There's many to be counted. In fact, scarcely there's less than four. I believe there are five stars there for are almost all of them. Five stars for most of our podcast, ladies Amazing. and gentlemen. So this is how iTunes Thank works. Thank you. Every time you rate us positively, we move up on the iTunes chart. So anytime anyone searches for theater and Broadway, the first things that come up are the highest rated podcasts. Huzzah! Huzzah! We would like to be there as well. So now we're going to give you instructions on how to rate and mm-hmm. review us yep. and we it's, hope it's very simple it. and yet not simple at all. So, Kevin, we go to podcasts. Go to podcasts. And then what go do we to, search for? You Actually, go to iTunes if you can. Go to iTunes. Don't <laughs> go to podcasts. podcasts. Yes, and then, and then go to podcasts. And then you search for well. And then you're going to search for Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. What's our that? Podcast. Oh, that's it's our podcast. podcast. It's lovely. Oh I hear God. it's great. Rob Schneider, dead sexy. And then go to go? ratings and reviews. Click that. That's in the middle of the page. Then you're going to go to write a review. It's under custom reviews. It's a little tab. It's tiny. It says write a review. Click it. Give us five. Don't give us four. Give us five. If you want to give us four, that's okay, but just let us know why. No, I have issues with that. Okay, okay. Rob doesn't want you to do that, but give us five, um, and um, and we'll thank you. Um, and Rob always sends them to me, and it makes my day when he emails them to me, so, you know, thanks in advance. Yeah, it can, I, Kevin sometimes cries a lot, so it's nice to see well, Kevin you know. get it. He, he just bucks up like a happy little young filly when he sees five stars coming his way. That's right. I promised Kevin that if we could get all five stars, I will stop doing my impressions that he doesn't like so much. So, better. there we go, you guys. That's all, all it takes. Where am I going? Oh, Jesus Christ. Because I didn't get a star. I feel like Judy Garland. Moving on down. <laughs> I'm Esther Blodgett in A Star is Born. I was not allowed back on set after I stole James Mason's penny loafers. They looked marvelous on me. See? This is what happens. Give me five stars, you never have to hear it again. Bye. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor, and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. 
part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.